Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Kenny Rongo. Ken is a children's and youth worker at Grace Point Church. Jumbo, and welcome to this podcast on Mondays. On Mondays in this podcast, we meditate and reflect on sermons that have been preached to us in the recent past. On today's podcast, we have a clip from a sermon preached to us early this year from Joshua chapter 7 and Joshua chapter 8. This sermon was titled, The Seriousness of Sin. This sermon was preached from the true Bible story where Achan sins against the Lord and he ends up being punished. Do have a listen to the clip as you get gripped by the seriousness of sin. Now there are two things for us to note in that particular story that are very crucial for what we are tackling today in chapter 7. And I would just want to read it because it's very important for us. Joshua chapter 6 and verses 17 and 18. Very key verses for our passage today. If you're there, I will read. The city and all that is in it. This is the instruction Joshua is giving to them as they prepare to go and conquer it. In verses 17 and 18, the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. Please do mark those points there, because I think they they form the basis of what's happening in chapter 7. In fact, two things I can just highlight for you there. One, very exciting news on that particular verse. Rahab, the prostitute, remember her in in, in chapter 2, yeah? Rahab and her household are now going to be saved. Joshua is saying, you promised her, she put the faith in you guys, you're going to save her. And and, And the second thing is, there is a warning. The warning is, keep yourselves from the devoted things. So now come with me to chapter 7. We come from the rooftop of celebrations and songs of victory after winning, after the walls of Jericho have come down, everybody is celebrating. Uh, I think if, if, if you're the kind of good guys who, who remember those things, you'll be saying, God is faithful, is it? God is a promise keeper. That will be the moment to sing those kind of songs. So we come from that rooftop, and now today in our passage, we turn to a sad story. It's a bad day, a bad sort of event, which is going to equally remain in people's mind, just like the victory of Jericho had remained in them. It is a story of defeat, a story of people's unfaithfulness, a day of mourning, a day of shame and depression. It is those stories that you would wish to pluck out. In the Bible, I think, because it makes God's people look bad. But even in your own life, there are those kind of episodes that if you had power to change them, you would just want to erase them. They are not good memories at all. And this is one of those stories that stands out as one that is a bad story, sort of that leaves a bitter taste in people's mouth. And yet, as we shall see, it's a very important story for us today. Now, I just want to plead with you to stick with me. For as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, these things happen to them as examples and were written down to us as warnings for us 
on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So, if you think you're standing firm, Paul says, be careful that you don't fall. So, in a sense, this makes me feel not very excited this morning as I'm preaching to you because it's a story of sin and, and, and punishment and, and judgment. Not so much because I am the qualified to do it, but so much because it really dampens the, the mood that we have been having of celebration. Almost makes me feel like that. You know that guy who go to invite maths teacher during your PE lesson? <laughs> That's what I was thinking this morning. And the main thing I want you to lose sight of it is the seriousness of sin. How sin turns everything upside down, changes the story, and how God deals with it. It is how sin ruins a rather very good celebrations and, and joy of just belonging to God. The ugliness, the depth of sin. And this is my prayer for you and me. That we would mourn, we would hate sin, and we would run to Christ our Savior and our Lord. As we open chapter 7, look, just look with me there in chapter 7. Get stuck with me. Verse 1 is sort of it tells us in a summary of what is going to happen. You can almost title this, and I have titled this here in my, in my notes here, why they were defeated. Why were they defeated? We told in verse 1, but the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. And he continues to tell us what happened specifically for Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the, all the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things. And the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. The chapter starts with a but that's signifying sort of a change and a contrast of what has been happening. It's no longer victory. And, and, and the, the narrator of Joshua is very happy to give us first and foremost the reason the story we are just about to hear is very disappointing. So in a sense we get the insight into why the story next is of humiliation. Sin has been committed, he says, and the Lord's anger is burning against his people. And why is this particularly important for us to just get here in verse 1? It's so that as we get to the story, we don't miss out the most important thing of why the story happens the way it happens. It is because of the sin. People have sinned. The children of Israel have sinned. And as a result, now, the anger of the Lord is burning on them. Well, when Achan was sinning, he had just forgotten about God's great name, is it? He had just thought about his own name and what he will carry on, as you will see later on. And it's clear from Joshua that these guys will be wiped off because, yes, God has just been wiping off anybody who has been against them. But God is merciful. Look at verse 10 to 15. God reveals the cause of their defeat. He tells Joshua to wake up. What's wrong? What has happened? Well, Israel has sinned. You seen that? Verse 11. Israel has sinned. The reason for their defeat, God is saying, is because they have sinned. It's not that God has failed or that I was strong. No, it was their sin. And notice even, to begin with, who have sinned? Israel. Do you see that? Before we can come and we we'll come to this man called Achan, God says something here that should almost you know, cause us to think twice. Israel has sin. And I think this is the, the, the corporate nature of sin. Sometimes we think, oh yeah, sin is just about me. It's just me, Kamau, who is involved in it. No, you have sinned 
as the whole of Israel. No wonder God is also punishing the whole of Israel. But not only that. You have sinned, but who have you sinned against? You have sinned against God. What is that? Israel have sinned. What have they done? They have transgressed my covenant. It's not that they have just taken some good somewhere. No, 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 no. And that's what makes sin so serious, brothers and sisters. It's first and foremost sin against God. It's vertical before it is horizontal. No wonder even in verse 1 he says they have broken faith. That's almost the idea of marital unfaithfulness. That's what they have done to God. And Achan later on in verse 20 is writing saying, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. Earlier on when Mudom was starting, some of you are not here. But in Psalm 51, David has sinned against Bathsheba. He has even covered it up by killing the husband. When he is confronted by Prophet Nathan, in Psalm 51, when he is writing that psalm, he says these words in verse 4. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. It's God and always God that first and foremost we sin against. And that's what makes our sin serious. So as you hear him confessing about taking the beautiful cloak of Shina, beyond that is actually a lack of trust. He's actually sinning against God. He reveals where he has hidden the spoil. It is inside the earth. Look at the folly of sin. No one knows it. That's what he's thinking, is it? He thought it's hidden underneath the earth. I think the language here is put, alikuwa mechimbia shimo bahanindani in his tent. But is it hidden, Lily? No. Who knows? God knows. Joshua doesn't know. The people surrounding him doesn't know. But God knows. The psalmist in Psalm 1 that night, he says, Where can I free from your presence? If I go up to heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and set up far aside of the sea, even there, your hand will be there. And that's one of the folly of sin. We think we can hide, is it? When you commit sin, what, what does it come to you? Nobody will see me. I've just watched it. My, you know, I'm alone in the house. Nobody can see me. You know, I've just committed adultery with a, with a woman in, I don't know, in Mombasa. My wife is in the city. No one can know. Well, who knows? Who knows our sin? All of us are today nicely dressed. No one can know. I cannot know. But who knows? God does know. And this is what makes sin serious. Because it's sin against God. But also, it's something that we cannot hide. And unfortunately, we think we can hide it. But we cannot hide it. And look at the consequence of that sin. Achan, verse 22-26, is destroyed for the sin. And sadly, just like we looked at the corporate nature of the sin... Achan now is destroyed with his entire family. What is the implication very quickly? Be warned, brothers, of the seriousness of sin. Please, by God's masses, let us as a church be warned of sin. Kill sin or sin will kill you. It will not just kill you, it will kill your family. We know how many families have been destroyed by sin. A man who commits adultery and leads his family to all manner of problems. 
We know how countries are destroyed. We know how churches are destroyed. We know how organizations are destroyed. Sin will kill you if you don't kill it. I think Jesus Christ himself uses a hyperbole. If you remember back in our Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5.29, he says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gorge it out and throw it away. How serious can you get with sin? This is how we are to fight it, if we must. But number two, look to the cross. Why? Because in the cross, you see, we find Jesus Christ there. And one of the things that we learn for the cross and we see in the cross is the ugliness of our sin. As we see the, the Son of God hanging there, not because of anything that he has done, but because of all that we have done. He is punished for us. And the cross is a monument for generations. Like that of Achan, of God's judgment for my sin. Christ is judged. He is dragged. He is beaten up. He is crucified for our own unfaithfulness. And it remains there, the cross of Christ, as a reminder that it cannot just be assumed or swept under the carpet or forgotten like we do with corruption scandals in this country. No, it must be dealt with. And Christ has dealt with our sin. But there is a hope as well in the cross. That as a sin is dealt with, we, those who trust the Lord, we can be able to hope and to trust in the Lord. And as we put our, our faith in God, like Ray helped the prostitute, we can find forgiveness and salvation. If you see what has happened in our passage, contrast chapter 6, Anani's writes, Rahab the prostitute, by faith she is now in sight. And is right, Achan, because of lack of faith, where is he now? He is outside. That it's sad. It's even sad to imagine Rahab was there on that day. Is it? She saw Achan being destroyed. What a lesson for her. May the Lord help us respond in faith. This is what a guy called Robert Murray says. That for everyone, look at yourself as you think about your sin. Take ten looks at Christ. You see him there, the one who is crucified for us and for our sin. If you are here and you have not put your trust in Jesus Christ for your forgiveness, here is the only hope that we have. Christ, who has become sort of a heap of embarrassment and disgrace for us on the cross, so that as he wins, we can also be able to resurrect with him. Yes, our only hope is in Christ Jesus, in that he took all the shame and paid all the penalty of our sin, we who have believed in him. I hope listening to this clip, you have seen how serious and ugly and bad sin is. What a reminder there that sin, that is every sin, is first and foremost against God. And this is clearly seen as we see this story of Achan in Joshua chapter 7. Sin is against God and we can't hide it. God sees it and will punish it, just as he punished Achan and all his household for sinning against him. I don't know how this message challenges you, but my prayer for you and for all of us is that the Lord would help us to hate sin, to kill sin, and to mourn sin. May that be true of you today and tomorrow and throughout this week and even in the days to come, that we will hate sin, we will kill sin, and we will mourn our own sin. Many thanks for joining us for this podcast and may the Lord be with you today as you continue to meditate and reflect on this message. If you'd like to listen to the whole clip, 
Please find the sermon on the Grace Point Church YouTube page titled The Seriousness of Sin from Joshua chapter 7 and chapter 8. You can also find the link to this sermon in the description below. Thanks a lot. It's goodbye for now. See you next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Grace Point Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again tomorrow for a new episode. Goodbye.